Hi, I'm Don Gamble, and I want to welcome you to Rappin' on Racing, June 23, 2020. Today's program is loaded with some big racing news. Several of the tracks have opened up, and the fans are loving it. Our guests tonight include Mike Miller, Ben Geisler, Eric Westendorf, R.J. DeLappy, Brandon Spithaler, and David Scott. We want to welcome... Tyler Stutler from Clarksburg, West Virginia, and Brandon Davis from Mineral Wells, West Virginia, to the Rappin' on Racing family. If you miss any of the program, you can go to rappinonracing.com. Now, why don't you get a cold one, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is the Banker Bob Thought of the Week for June 22nd. When you ask a lot of people what they're doing today, and they say nothing... It doesn't necessarily mean they're free to help you. It actually means that they're doing nothing. And now more Rapid on Reason with your hosts, Don Gamble and Mike Lusikowski. At the Jennerstown Speedway Complex on Saturday night, hats off to the track crew and officials who worked to dry the racing surface for competition after a prolonged rain shower delayed the start time for nearly 45 minutes. Uh, kudos not only to the new drying equipment that Jennerstown Speedway has invested in, which should give race fans much more confidence down the road of coming out to the Speedway, even with the threat of a passing shower, and also kudos to the pit officials who very, very quickly made it through a five-division show of ten heat races and five features and still got fans home at a decent hour in spite of Mother Nature's initial delay. Round three of the 2020 season at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex produced a third different winner in the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division of racing on Saturday night. Ohio's Albert Francis started eighth and earned his first Jennerstown victory. Also parking in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane were Anthony Aiello in the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modifieds, Casey Flegel in the Tunstall Auto and Truck Repair Street Stocks, Dale Kimberly in the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, and Jeff Vasos in the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four Cylinders. Albert Francis, the well-known Ohio ace, won his preliminary heat race for the third week in a row in three events this season. Teddy Gabala won the other heat race, then Gabala started on the pole position for the 30-lap Martellus Pharmacy's late model feature event. As defending Jennerstown champion Gabala pulled away from second-generation racer Paul Fess Jr., the event began. Fess is a second-year late model racer and trailed Gabala by several car lengths early in the running. Francis started in the 8th position when the green flag waved, but he passed opening night winner Gary Wiltrout, among others, to reach the 2nd position by lap 9. Francis gained quickly on leader Gabala as both drivers were seeking a first victory of the year. At the halfway point of the race, a side-by-side -side duel for the lead ensued. Young Francis, a winner of two major events in his home state in 2019, grabbed the lead officially on lap 17. Gabala, the leading winner of last season at Jennerstown, fell back by several car lengths. All race long, three cars fought for the fourth position in an aggressive battle. Mike Hollywood Hemminger, former champion Barry Otte, and the previous week's winner, Cale Gale, diced for top five positions until lap 24. At that point, a turn two crash damaged all three of those cars and others, including Fess, who was forced to pit with damage, ending his top five run. With six laps to go, the restart gave Gabala the opportunity to launch from the outside lane alongside of Francis, and Gabala reclaimed the lead 
lead with five laps to go on a brilliant restart strategy. But another caution flag forced the final restart of the race, and Francis outdueled Gabala to lead the final four laps. Francis and Touring Series a touring series traveler scored his first Jennerstown win aboard the Rack Hunter Able Bulk Carriers Von Duren Racing Development Chevrolet. Gabala placed second with former modified winner and sophomore late model driver Jared Barclay earning third place. Gale raced from the tail of the field to finish fourth, and rookie Jeremy Schaefer placed fifth. Defending champion Anthony Aiello grabbed the lead from his pole starting position for the 20 lap Stoystown Auto Wreckers modified feature race. Race and Jason Bush started inside. Race and Jason Bush started inside of Aiello, and although Bush had been quick in recent events, Aiello drove off to the lead by a straightaway. Veteran Tom Golick marched toward the front after he took the green flag in sixth spot. Golick passed Bush for second place at the midpoint of the event. A caution flag incident allowed Golick, a former dirt track champion, to restart alongside Aiello. But second generation driver Aiello raced back to a comfortable lead to score his first win of 2020. Aiello, also a former street stock division champion, has tallied multiple modified wins in each of the last few seasons. Golick placed second, although he never threatened Aiello's lead. Another former street stock champ, Adam Kostelnik, made an impressive charge from the ninth starting position to finish third. Bush, a multi-feature winner in 2019, placed fourth ahead of asphalt racing rookie Doug Glessner. Bush and Kostelnik won the heat races. Rookie Jeff Barclay and Casey Flegel won the heat races for the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks. On lap three of the 20-lap feature race, Flegel wrestled the lead away from Barclay after he took the green flag in fourth position. Both are former dirt track racers. Flegel has won in three different divisions in his Jennerstown career and backed up his opening night win by scoring a second victory in three events on Saturday night. Defending champion Aaron Van Fleet made a pass of Mel Wilt for second place on lap six. Van Fleet, the winner one week prior, pulled away from Wilt but could not close in on leader Flegel during the middle stages of the race. A caution flag with seven laps to go aided Van Fleet's quest for the top spot. Flegel chose the inside lane for the restart and defended the point position. Flegel enjoyed a three-car length advantage with five laps to go and took the checkered flag. Van Fleet and Wilt finished second and third, and after a spin, recent heat race winner Angie Kimberly raced back into the top five, claiming fourth position. Barclay finished fifth. Defending champion Dale Kimberly is a perfect three-for-three three in the 2020 season of Farmers Union Co-op Charger Racing. Bob Mostaller and New Jersey Invader Brian O'Shea each led a lap in the early stages of the 15-lap feature. After a heated three-wide battle for top spots, Kimberly became the third different leader of the event. Kimberly's teammate Adam Kostelnik followed Kimberly to the front. Kimberly started back in the eighth position and Kostelnik started fifth. Yet at the finish line, the team cars were first and second. Kimberly's win was his seventh straight, dating back to 2019. Steve Singo climbed into the third position after starting near the tail of the field. Mostaller held on to finish fourth, while rookie Will Hemminger rallied late in the race, gaining positions to reach the top five. Kimberly and his teammate Kostelnik also won the heat races. Pole starter Jeff Vasos took the lead early, outrunning sophomore driver Michael Strauss in the 15-lap Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious four-cylinder race. As the winner on opening night 2020, Vasos weaved through lap traffic masterfully as the event was contested without a caution flag. 
At times going three wide with lap cars, Vasos maintained a four-car length advantage over Strauss, who still seeks his first feature victory. The official top five finishers at the close of the event were Vasos, Strauss, Michael Saylor, and former champion of the division Steve Settle, while Lance Shawley finished in fifth spot. Saylor and Strauss won the heat races. Coming this Saturday to the Jennerstown Speedway, more five division racing with gates opening at 4 p.m., racing at 6 p.m., plus the season's first enduro race. It's chaos after the races for 75 laps around the half mile for fender-banging enduro action this coming Saturday night. For more information, visit Jennerstown.org. Back to you, Don. Just finished the race with the Wheelan Modifieds at Jennerstown Speedway. Mike Lisikowski, what a race. Some of your thoughts. Well, an outstanding race that, of course, was closed to the grandstands. Uh, with uh, an empty seating, uh, with empty grandstand seating, a, a terrific event that was rather free of caution flags. Uh, one accident uh, toward the end of the race that collected about three cars and otherwise a couple of uh, flat tire caution flags. So a very, very clean race. And I guess I'm a little surprised because so few of these drivers have any experience at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Of the 33 cars that took the green flag today, about six or seven of them had competed in the Race of Champions Modified Tour here about three years ago. And two of the drivers competed the last time the NASCAR Wheelan Modified Tour raced here. That was defending champion Doug Kobe and Rob Summers. So outside of that small collection of drivers, very minimal experience here. And of course, the speeds that the NASCAR Modifieds reach at Jennerstown Speedway can be hair-raising, but a very smooth and clean race. The event was telecast live on NBCSN Trackside Gold Pass for live online viewers, and that event was made free of charge by NASCAR for hosting this season opening event for their tour in an empty grandstand facility by NASCAR mandate. So for the fans who didn't get to enjoy it online, we will have information on where that broadcast is archived later on down the road that you can watch, but it was the Morocco Welding Wade Cold Memorial 133. Yes, 133 laps was the race distance in memory of Wade Cole, who passed away this March while getting his race car ready in his shop for the 2020 season. Cole has over 350 starts in the NASCAR Wheelan Modified Tour, which ranks him eighth all time in the number of races started. And since his car number was 33, the lap distance today was 133. 33 laps in an event presented by Morocco Welding. And dominating that event was Justin Bonsignor, the New York driver in his car number 51 Phoenix Chevrolet. He set quick time in the afternoon. He led every lap and was virtually unchallenged in scoring the victory today. That surprises me for two reasons. Several of the drivers in this field had taken their modifieds to Florida Speed Weeks to race at the new Smyrna Speedway for seven or eight nights there and even a couple of events at the Bronson Speedway in Florida, Bonsignor was not one of those drivers. Don, Justin Bonsignor also had zero experience at Jennerstown Speedway. So when he set quick time in qualifying, then took the early race lead, he led until lap 70 when there was a five-minute break to work on the machines. And even all those drivers with experience at Jennerstown Speedway, and even all those drivers that were more familiar with their cars from shaking them down in Florida Speed Weeks, Justin Bonsignor went on to dominate the second segment of the race as well. So he picked up the, the race win leading all 133 laps. Coming home in second spot, 
Craig Lutz in car number 46. He had an outstanding Florida Speed Weeks at the New Smyrna Speedway. He started in the seventh position and with a late race surge moved up to second spot. And speaking of a late race surge, the driver who finished in third position, John McKennedy, driving the Tommy Baldwin Racing number 7NW. He got a flat tire right before the lap 70 break. And at that break, when he was forced into the pits, he had lost numerous positions and he battled back at the end of the race to pull away from the fourth and fifth place cars and although he was gaining on second place Lutz he ran out of laps to do so. McKennedy had been to victory lane here at Jennerstown Speedway in an Isma wing super modified prior to that and speaking of former winners at Jennerstown the fourth place driver Matt Hirschman the son of three-time Jennerstown winner Tony Hirschman and the winner of the most recent modified race here at Jennerstown back in 2017 that was a race of champions tour event Hirschman finished fourth with the NASCAR Tour opener, and coming home in fifth spot was Calvin Carroll, former NASCAR Wheel and Tour Rookie of the Year. So, Don, a very, very clean race, but an utterly dominating performance by a driver who had never seen this facility before. Let's talk about your participation in this event. Well, I had an opportunity to play-by-play uh, -play -play call the NBCSN Track Pass Gold broadcast, and I know many of those broadcasts get archived at a later date on that site or on YouTube, and so we will have some further details for the folks who didn't join us live uh, here on, uh, on Sunday evening. Those folks might be able to watch that race in its entirety later, and of course, this was a preview to the August 22nd return of the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour to the Jennerstown Speedway, and best of all, fans will be welcome. Advanced tickets are available at a discounted rate right now at Jennerstown.org. So if you want to see the ground-pounding NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour in action, we will have the way for you later on this season to watch it online from our first uh, visit this season. And that second visit comes August the 22nd. The Super Cup Stock Car Series will also be on the agenda that night. So more NASCAR Wheel and Tour action to come to Jennerstown Speedway this season, Don. Great job. Great report. Thank you. Appreciate it, Don. Race fans, this is Scott Blumquist, and you're listening to Rapid on Race It. Now we'll get back to the show. All right, fans, up next, the voice of the Lernerville Speedway, Eric Westendorf. Eric, the only, welcome. The only thing I can say was what a night, what a show. Yeah, it was well worth the wait, and it was a really long wait, two months more than uh, normal. Um, but it was a great night of racing. Uh, Dan Bauman had a great racetrack. Our drivers put on a heck of a show. And it was a really great way to finally launch the 2020 season. So, I mean, door-to-door -door racing, leader changes. Every lap, somebody else seemed to be in front. And some of the finishes were like photo finishes. I mean, you and the Thompsons and the entire staff there just have to be tickled to death with how well everything went. Yeah, absolutely thrilled. And there's always a couple extra cautions on opening night, but I don't think it really deterred from the quality of the racing at all. Um you know, Jack Soderman pretty much had the sprint car feature sewed up. Uh, but Carl Bowser made a late charge and was right on his tail tank at the checkered flag. Uh, Colton Flinter, once again, put on a show, um, caused a little bit of fireworks. Um, <laughs> you know, put himself in a bad situation, uh, trying to make a pass for the lead, but rallied and came the whole way back to finish fifth. And then in the modifieds, uh, Dave Murdoch just looked fantastic and, uh, Garrett Crummer just looked a little bit better. So Garrett's uh, off to a great start. He won the BRP feature at Bedford and uh, won opening night at, with us at Lernerville. And then I tried, to, I tried to tell the people as they were leaving last night because when the modified feature was over, I saw people grabbing their stuff and heading towards the gate. I'm like, you may want to second think. You know, you've been here this long. Stick around another 
you know, 10 or 15 minutes, the Pro Stock put on a show, and man, did they ever. Mike Miller was uh, back now that we have the uh, open engine roll again. Mike Miller was back, and he was ringing the top. Uh, Joey Zambotti led a lot of laps, um, and lots of lead late to Mike Miller, and he sent it um, in every way possible in turn four, coming to the checkered flag, and unfortunately came up short. Uh, about, and he stalled the engine about 100 feet short of the uh, finish line. So while he was trying to make a last lap, last turn pass to the lead, he ended up finishing uh, well out of the top 10 because the car stalled on him. He could have taken Mike Miller the whole way to the wall and torn up both cars in opening night. Uh, but Joey did the right thing and uh, checked up at the last minute. It caused him a solid finish, but uh, in the end of the night, both cars were able to pull into the trailer. So it uh, really worked out. Uh, it was a great opening night, great fans, and uh, great opportunity to do some live streaming for a lot of folks who weren't able to join us. So all in all, a great night. It's a great start to the season, and looking forward to the firecracker next weekend. I was watching some of the live streaming, and I had to come up to the announcer's booth to give you a message, and I saw some of the things that are coming uh, Let's talk about the technology and all the new things that the Thompson family has implemented. Yeah, so first and foremost, they gave me the opportunity to uh, bring this project to life. Um, both uh, Tim Thompson and I were working on a couple of different um, agreements in the offseason, and we kind of uh, put our heads together and decided to go with uh, Speedsport TV and Rivet Incorporated is who does their live streaming platforms. Uh, it was a great opportunity for us to kind of go out on our own. There are some great subscription programs out there, um, but, you know, when Don Martin envisioned the track and, you know, moved it forward, he he never wanted Lernerville Speedway to be somewhere in the middle or the bottom of the totem pole, and we feel the same way. We don't want to be, you know, third or fourth fiddle to somebody on a Friday night. We want to be um, our own uh, platform and uh, just really looking forward to the opportunity to, to live stream that to people all over the world. We had people tuned in from North Dakota last night. Uh, we're hoping in time to get some fans from Australia because we know it's their off-season down there. And it's a, a hotbed down there for uh, dirt track racing. So just a really neat opportunity. Great technology that uh, Chris Grainer and uh, the folks from Speedsport TV and Rivet have given us. And we have three very young people in the industry that are very talented, have professional training, and just really looking forward to putting forth a, a high-quality product. And, you know, last night was a uh, – there were some learning curves there. We got some really good feedback from our fans. They were very supportive, but there were some things that they wanted to see and some things that we didn't do as well as they were hoping for. So we'll learn from it and make it right, just like we do everything else on a Friday night, especially opening night. There's always opportunities to learn and get better, so – um, if you were on that live stream and you have some feedback, certainly hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and we'll be glad to, to make any adjustments to make sure that it's the best, po uh, best possible quality of a product because this isn't a one-off deal. This is a, a long-term investment that we're making, and we really want to make it um, uh, beneficial not only for our marketing partners but also for the driver sponsors. Now, for the fans that weren't at Lernerville and weren't aware of this, if you're somewhere in the country and you want to get on this stream, what's the procedure? So right now, uh, the website is live at Lernerville.tv. We are working on um, both Roku and Fire channels. So if you're familiar with the technology, there are Fire sticks and Roku sticks that you can plug into your uh, flat screen TV, and you can watch it in your living room. 
Um, we're also going to have apps on the Android and Apple Store, so you'll be able to watch it on your you know, Surface, iPad, iPhone, Galaxy, whatever you have. Um, it's going to be accessible in a variety of ways. Um, plan had been in the works for a while, and we pretty quickly put a plan together to go racing, so we got as much technology and as much stuff set up as possible to live stream from the Learnerville.tv website, uh, but there's even more coming, so there will be a variety of ways to watch. Uh, we all providing both a single pass so if you pay 20 bucks you get the live feed on any fab for friday and then you get access to that show on uh, demand for 30 days we're also offering a 30 dollars subscription so you know i'm pretty good at math you don't have to be very good at math to realize that at 20 dollars a show or 30 dollars a month if you buy two shows and more than pays for itself to get the subscription and we sold about twice as many subscriptions last night as single passes, so we're really excited about that because that means people have invested in us at least for a month, and we hope that they ride it out the entire season because they see the value that we're providing to fans that can't be in the stands for whatever reason. We're talking to Eric Westendorf, the voice of the Lernerville Speedway, and he's going to be a busy man Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. Um, a little bit about what's coming up. Well, actually, I, I don't plan on being too busy. There are uh, Rick Eshelman, and I. last year I think it was Dustin Jarrett, but they usually have their own infield guy. I'm not sure if that's going to be DJ or maybe Michael Rigsby this year, but uh, the World of Outlaws have two announcers. Uh, from my understanding, Brian Spade will be there for the Rush Late Model, so um, I, I will be busy. It'll just be something, you know, a different type of busy than what I normally experience on a Friday night, but um, and the Firecracker is not going to look the same as it has for the past 13 years. Um, we've built it up for the past 13 years um, with the folks from the World Racing Group. I remember back in 2007, the first year, we did a, a lot of conference calls with um, Tom Deary and Ben Geisler, Brian Carter, Chris Dolak, uh, Kevin Kovac, Rick Eshelman. We've really, and Gary Rich, you know, we built this into an event over the last 13 years. And this year, because of the pandemic, um, whatever your political views are, what's going on, Obviously, it's different, and the event is going to be different. Um, a lot of that fan interaction that we usually hang our hat on for this event, um, we're either not going to be able to do it at all or not be able to do it the same as we've done it in the past. So, you know, we hope the fans are understanding and they're appreciative that we're getting this race in and that they can come in person and they can be there for camping. But you're not going to have some of those same uh, fan interactions that you may be used to from years past, but... I think everyone's going to be happy to be at the track for three nights, and if they have to give a little on the fan interaction, you know, driver interaction stuff this year, I think most fans will be understanding of that. And the racing has just been phenomenal. Uh, Tim Schaefer and Ricky Weiss put on a great show last year. Um, to see a young kid from from Sarver win the uh, preliminary nights two years in a row, uh, talking about Michael Norris, is you know has just made the last two firecrackers that much more special and. You know, I said it last night, you know, I'm sure Mike would like nothing more than to do what Ed Lynch did in 2002, and that's still that big check from the World of Outlaws on his own track. And uh, he's been knocking on the door. You know, we're hoping maybe next weekend is his opportunity, um, you know, to finally crack through and put his name uh, firmly on the national radar as one of the best late model drivers in the country. Eric, I thank you. Look forward to seeing you, whatever your tasks may be next week. Uh, <laughs> have a nice evening. Thanks, Don. It's always an honor and a privilege. We appreciate it. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. 
Join us in Victory Lane tonight at Lernerville Speedway as the driver of the number 81, Mike Miller. Mike, great to see you back in Victory Lane. It's been quite a few years. A lot of people that have run here for year after year, uh, sometimes the adjustment to the crate motor just didn't really suit a lot of drivers, and I know it took a while for you to get adjusted with it, but obviously now back with the open motor, first night out, a victory. Yeah, it, it sure is nice to be back in the victory lane with in uh, back with the open motors. Uh, that's been we didn't run we didn't go with the crate program. We kind of went with the Pan Ohio rules that way we can kind of hop around. And uh, we got the late model when they converted that over to the crate motor, so that kind of moved us over to that. And this kind of we just picked and choose with the stalker. Traditionally, with or without the crate. You guys seem to run the last race of the night. The track's usually a little bit slick, but side-by-side -side competition with you guys each and every week, you know, whether it's Joey, Corey, Tyler, the racing's good and it's clean. Yes, I mean, you got, them guys are taught, you know, they're, they're taught much too. I mean, with that crate motor, they've got their stuff figured out and the way to go. We're on the open motors. I mean, sometimes the slicker tracks, I think, plays into their, their advantage. Uh, we got to pedal a little more. We can't put all our power down to the, compared to them crate motors. But uh, it's like it was when we left this area before they went to the full crate. Anybody in that top 10 can win. It's kind of looking back to that same set of rules again. It, I think it's good, a lot better racing that way. So. I have to ask you, Mike, you jump out of the late model into the pro stock. Obviously, the power difference is incredible. How do you as a driver try to adjust that? Because generally you're going to be in the, the super late model before you're ever in the the pro stock. Yeah, it's, it's just not the power difference, um, the weight difference. Um, the stalker, uh, it weighs almost 800 pounds plus. Yeah, about that almost, well, yeah, about 800 pounds plus. And that, that's a big difference in the weight. I, I'm used to the heavier car uh, the late model, it, it's still a big learning curve for us. That's, we're we're still in a big time learn, learning how to drive at different and not drive it like the stock car. Uh, learning how, because I drove a Sprint, a 305 Sprint, and with the weight with it, it was the same way. It was the adjustment from that. The, it's not so much the power difference affected me, it was the weight difference. It's been like, what, five years since you graced Victory Lane or somewhere around that at, at Lernerville here? Yeah, oh, yes. It's been uh, the last the last night of points when they, before they, you know, it, the following year was going to be the full crate motor only. That was when our last victory was here. Did you actually know how to make that left-hand turn off the scales and find it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was nice to be back there. I was like, oh, this is different. I haven't been here in a long time, but for sure it's nice, though. You got a great car owner and Ron Thompson, he provides you the pro stock and he provides you the late model. Besides Ron, who else would you like to thank that's a part of the team? And then let's talk about your sponsors. Yes, I'd like to thank uh, Hugh. Uh, he's He works with Ron. Uh, he puts he stays after work, helps out with the cars. He comes weekly. Um, like the help, like my sons, Cole and Casey, they're here. They come mostly track. Casey comes up with me during the week. Works on them. Does a lot of cleaning. Looks some prep work. Showing them what to look for in this net, trying to get him along. Um, um, our sponsors like to thank um, Diamond Steel. He's been with us for quite a few years now, and real laurel that. Appreciate that greatly. 
uh, Terry A. Cunningham Funeral Home. He's been with us since we won the championship back in 11. Uh, it's great to have them long-term supporters and that. And um, Baglier Collision Center, that's where I happen to work at. Uh, been with me since I've been racing, which is um, Thompson Alternator Starter, um, Gary's Automotive, Ken Shidley Construction. Um, we got a few smalls here. Benzenhofer Performance. He helps keep up with the our open motor maintenance, you know, general maintenance, freshening and stuff. Same way with the late model motor. He, he's the one that keeps the, the upkeep on that. So yeah. In a crazy year so far with the you know the corona situation and the pandemic. Congratulations on the first win. And hopefully there'll be a few more the rest of the season, Mike. Yeah, it would be nice to see a few more, but it's a tough class. It's it's a, definitely a tough class. It's it's all good tonight racing was Joey. Right, Joey was right there. He never. I I can see him coming off a of form. I guess for if anything, as long as I don't mess up, I should be all right. But uh, it was good close racing with us. So yeah, there's a lot of other guys that are good. I mean, you got, Jason was there for a while, and uh, Blaze come up through. So with the tire rule now, I think once everybody figures out what they're doing, the open tires too, that plays into a lot. I think there's a little bit of rust there for the year. Well, again, congratulations, right, and hopefully we'll see you back in victory lane another time later on the year. All right, thank you. <laughs> this portion of Wrappin' On Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org. And now back to Don Gamble and more Wrappin' On Racing. Fans, when we were homebound and couldn't do anything, one of the nicest things that was available was Dirt Vision. And what they provided for the race fans was incredible. We're talking with Ben Geisler, Chief Marketing Officer for the World of Outlaws. And then our next, Ben, is going to bring some big news about the 4th of July holiday. But Ben, before we do that, Dirt Vision has been great for the fans. A little bit about what they do and how people can get it. Yeah, so, you know, Dirt Vision is the official streaming uh, service and, and really the world leader in dirt track streaming, uh, official of the World of Outlaws, and proud to have our relationship there, proud of what the guys at Dirt Vision are doing. Um, and, you know, it's a relationship we started a long time ago, but really just in the last few years have kicked off in a much more meaningful way. And, you know, uh, I really didn't know what we were doing at the time, but when you look at where we are today, um, you know, the decision to put every World of Outlaws uh, at the time, Craftsman Sprint Car Series race live on Dirt Vision and t for the 2018 season, and then subsequently the the full World of Outlaw Morton Building Late Model Series and Summer National Hell Tour in 2019 uh, really set the stage for for us to be able to weather the storm and uh, have done some fun things this year that I'm, that I'm sure you've followed along a little bit the last few, last few months. Yes, I've. Uh listen to many of the broadcasts and as a matter of fact and i asked them for permission what we would do on each show is take the last two laps from whatever the race was and play it on wrapping on racing to give the fans an opportunity to see what they're missing yeah that's great i actually didn't realize you guys were doing that but that's uh that's some of the value wrapping on racing uh, provides to our racing community and you know we've known each other for a long time don it doesn't surprise me you guys are doing things like that it uh and you know for us Obviously, a difficult time to be in the mass gathering business. We recognize we weren't going to be able to sell tickets to races. We recognize that uh, the World of Outlaws has a rich history, uh, access to a lot of characters and drivers. 
and you know, and that we had also been active and, and really one of the founding partners of iRacing's uh, dirt track platform going back I think, three years ago. And so, so we looked around the room and said, what, what do we have here that can entertain folks and maybe provide a little distraction while they're, they're dealing with some difficult times? And the combination of going back into the Dirt Vision vault uh, and, and, and pulling back some, some historic World of Outlaws footage, doing you know live picture-in-picture. Picture. I mean, I really enjoyed the, the thing that uh, the Dirt Vision guys were one of the first in the space to, to do picture-in-picture. Picture. They had uh, Billy Moyer talking about you know, uh, kind of narrating his win at a, a World Outlaw late model race, uh, I think 2004 or 2005 from Peebley. Yeah, and then we pivoted with, with iRacing, and, and the iRacing thing took off uh, really for the World of Outlaws and for Dirt Vision, particularly once guys like Juan Pablo Montoya and Joey Logano and, you know, Cruz Pedregon, Ron Caps, uh, Kyle Bush. Having those guys racing with the World of Outlaws and telling the world how amazing dirt track racing is was was did not hurt our cause, right? And uh, but 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 from there, we obviously recognize we, we want to get back on track. We want to do it in a safe and responsible way. We can talk a little bit about that process uh, maybe after the break, Don. But it uh, Dirt Vision gave us the ability to and, and, and other streaming services, candidly, in in dirt racing. Uh, gave dirt racing the ability to return and to get back on track. And, you know, in, sometimes in, in light of pretty significant financial sacrifices or with support of great partners like Moss Energy Drink and Morton Buildings and Drydeen and EasyGo and some of the folks who have supported what we're doing, um, it, uh, it allowed us to go race at Knoxville with no crowd. And, and a lot of people step back from that and go, wow, that, that, that's, uh, that's terrible. Uh, or, oh, wow, these guys must be making a bunch of money on Dirt Vision. And, uh, you know, the reality of it is it was just a confluence of, of kind of a perfect storm. And, you know, the folks who typically would have been at the racetrack were able to, to you know, subscribe to Dirt Vision and or do a pay-per-view. And, and you know, and the event became somewhat self-supporting and we were able to pay a full purse and guys were able to race. And, and you know, now as tracks start to open back up, we're seeing, you know, uh, that sort of like immediate demand, right, around the shows is, is, you know, folks are getting back to the racetrack, but we're also selling tickets again now. So, you know, pay-per-view is not as strong. Tickets are coming back. The ecosystem is balancing out. But the really awesome thing is through this time, I think a lot of people were sort of forced to, to, to try something that they may not have been familiar with. And the beauty of Dirt Vision, the way that, that, that our model is set up, for $39 a month, you can watch every race live. And, and every race right now is about 450 races a year. It includes every World of Outlaw Sprint Car Race, World of Outlaw Late Model, Summer National Hell Tour. You know, it includes uh, racing from Australia, the best racing from Australia over the winter. It includes now, you know, Williams Grove Weekly, Knoxville Weekly, Attica Weekly, the, the Driving Extreme Winter Series. So it just gives uh, a pretty phenomenal value for dirt track fans that, uh, number one, there is no replacement for being at the track. But we all have lives. We get sick. We have family members who are sick. We take vacation. We have significant others that, that don't want us driving two or three hours to the racetrack. And we don't spend every night of the week at the racetrack. And Dirt Vision gives you a pretty affordable way to, to uh, you know, to stay engaged and, and watch dirt track racing when, when you're not able to be at the track. And that's the way that we see it as a way to grow the sport uh, and put more people in the stands 
because we can expose more people to it. I think it's an excellent way for the fans to do all the things you just mentioned. Ben, I'll tell you what I'd like you to do. We're going to take a break, and I want you to stay with us. And after the break, we can get into the specifics of all the good news coming up with the World of Outlaws. Yeah, I appreciate it, Don. We'll, we'll uh, talk to everybody here shortly. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, fans, joining us now is Ben Geisler, the Chief Marketing Officer for the World of Outlaws. Ben, when we spoke the other day, you told me about a big deal coming up on July 4th. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really the culmination of uh, you know, the last 10 or 12 weeks of, of the World of Outlaws' response to COVID and, and return to racing. And uh, it is... Uh, we're going to be running July 2nd and 3rd. It was already on the World of Outlaw Mouse Energetic Sprint Car Series schedule for a Thursday-Friday event at Cedar Lake, which is just a beautiful facility in Wisconsin and, and probably one of the top 10 dirt tracks in the country. Uh, and we've got a new deal we put together with CBS uh, for live racing starting uh, you know, June 20th, running the 27th from Lernerville. will be live on CBS. And then they wanted us to run something on July 4th, Independence Day, uh, and have the World of Outlaws live on CBS. So we added a night, and we made a three-day uh, World of Outlaws sprint car show. And, uh, and, and uh, if you want, we can talk a little bit about the CBS piece, and, and then I can share kind of the big news, as if that's not big enough news for dirt track racing in the World of Outlaws. Let's roll. Whatever you want to talk about. There we go. Uh, you know, so our deal with CBS, uh, you know, we, we've had a, a documentary that CBS has produced on the World of Outlaws return to racing. Uh, you know, our perspective is that motorsports has finally found itself having a unique advantage in the greater sports and entertainment landscape, based largely on the fact that our, you know, our teams and competitors don't have to touch each other when they're, uh, you know, competing. You know, we're, we, we're not hand to hand the way that, that baseball or NFL or uh, NHL or any of the big you know, traditional stick and ball sports are. And I think we've seen that uh, with the World of Outlaws being the first major motorsport series in the world and really the first uh, major sporting event in the world to return at Knoxville Raceway May 8th. We did that, you know, spectator free, which was a bizarre environment and uh, a challenging one for a lot of reasons. And then we've seen that with NASCAR being able to get back on track uh, and, you know, and then the World of Outlaws being able to, with full, you know, state level approval, governor support to run in Iowa, uh, you know, you know state-level approval in, in Missouri and local county and health and sheriff officials everywhere that we've been racing over the course of the last month now with limited crowds has has gotten us to a point where, you know, again, the World of Outlaws being sort of the biggest of the small in motorsports but also the smallest of the big, uh, we're, in that u- we're in an extra unique position to take advantage of this unique advantage that, uh, that motorsports enjoys. So we're going to run the first uh, first first major uh, sporting event in the United States, July 4th, uh, July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at Cedar Lake with a full crowd. And uh, we're doing it with the blessing of our medical experts, uh, Carrie Agajanian, who is the most prominent motorsports attorney in the world, with the blessing of our insurance providers and, uh, and, and the local officials in the area there. So we're really excited about that. The logistics and phone calls and emails that you must have had to do to pull this all together. 
it's it's been a lot of work. Uh, I'm not gonna not gonna put any uh, uh, say this was easy. Uh, it, it certainly wasn't just just me or, or Brian, our CEO, or Carlton, our Sprint Series Director, or Casey, our uh, World of Outlaws Late Model Series Director. Really, the entire World Racing Group, World of Outlaws, Dirk Car team uh, has has stepped up in a big way. And, and I, as race fans and people who grew up in the community, uh, I've been convinced for a long time uh, that 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 there's nothing like the racer mentality. And when you get a group of racers together and focus on an objective, particularly when there's a problem and a need, uh, yeah, it, we've seen really special things happening and, and within our company and within you know, across the broader landscape. So one of the pieces for us was, uh, it's not just about the world of outlaws. Certainly that's, we, we feel like the premier, um, you know, uh, grassroots series in the world, but our return to racing plans were, were structured in a way that dirt tracks across the country had access to them, whether they're a World of Outlaws track, a dirt car track, or a, a Wasoda track, or a Lucas Oil track. Our perspective was the best thing for the World of Outlaws and, and dirt car and World Racing Group was for everybody, friend or foe, competitor or not, uh, to be racing in some way that looks and feels normal because that was going to allow our industry to get back on its feet. And so we developed a set of documents that have been used by tracks across the country, honestly, by uh, non-dirt track racing series, pretty significant ones across the country, uh, a set of guidelines and procedures that have been evolving that how motorsports could return to track in a safe and responsible way, consistent with, you know, uh, you know CDC guidelines, but allowing for those differences at the state level, county level, and city level and we did that as sort of an open source document that, that we've allowed the community to to use uh, to make their own. We can't go and spend the amount of time and energy that it takes to get one racetrack open uh, from a World of Outlaws perspective, in which we've done now 20 or 30 times. We can't do that 800 times, and that's how many dirt tracks there are in the United States. So we need to provide a toolbox to get 800 people out there doing what our group is trying to do 20 or 30 times, and, and and I think we've made a difference. Well, one of the tracks that is up and running is Lernerville. You know it well. A big three-day show coming in this week. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, the, the Firecracker is an event near and dear to my heart, obviously. Uh, you know, grew up uh, selling programs. First ever job was uh, selling programs at Lernerville, and uh, you know, ended up selling T-shirts for my dad out of the T-shirt shack there under the front stretch grandstand, and spent a lot of time in the pit area and, and in the bleachers there. Uh, and you know, the Firecracker is an event that um, you know was one of the first events that after I joined the World of Outlaws, we had the opportunity to create along with the, our series director and you know some of our, our drivers and teams said, hey, there needs to be a big late model event at Lernerville, and I think we've you know built something that's uh, that we're proud of and something that that reflects. You know, I think Don Martin would be proud of, and uh, you know, being able to come back to Lawrenceville next week, uh, probably a little different environment. Uh, you know, you know, we're doing some things a little bit different with the format, a little bit different with some things, and you know, there will be some procedures and, and uh, protocols put in place that all you know, you know, be available to everyone. But I think it will be an event that absolutely represents the spirit of the Firecracker and and dirt racing in Western PA and, uh, and the World of Outlaws. So about that one coming up uh, as well. I think the drivers are going to enjoy it. They've made some improvements to the track. The turns are 
wider and and it's just the the racing at the at their opener was outstanding i mean door to door back and forth leader changes so i'm sure the outlaws are going to be looking forward to this as well as uh, the fans just a big, big well you game. know for me there's two you know one sort of near and dear here uh you know mike pegger drives for my dad and uh they've had a good Return to racing. They won one down at Tyler County a couple of weeks ago, and uh, have been pretty competitive since. And looking forward to seeing him. Uh, I think they've got some of their their ills from the past sorted out, and hopefully they're they're headed back in the right direction. And then to be able to put Marvel Speedway uh, as part of our live on CBS Sports Network package uh, again, just you know, near and dear, and uh, which kind of dovetails then back into what we have going on the following weekend. We talked about three-day sprint car show at Larnerville or at Cedar Lake that, uh, you know, was the additional day and, and you know, uh, turns it into a big three-day event at Cedar Lake. When we look at, you know, where we're headed with the World of Outlaws and, uh, you know, uh, the World of Outlaw, not the Energetic Sprint Cars, but also the World of Outlaw Morton Building Late Models, the, uh, you know, the World Finals is the only place that we have ever run those two series on the same track on the same night and we do it at our championship event, an event that's become a uh, certainly a, a big part of the dirt racing calendar. And when we looked at this opportunity, June, July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, to be two hours live on CBS Sports Network, to be you know uh, the first major sporting event in, in the United States, to return with a full crowd, and all the other things, positive things that we have going on right now, not just for the World of Outlaws, but for the sport of dirt track racing, we said, how do we take this and, and, and you know, up it even further? So uh, if you haven't heard already, uh, some of your listeners may not have, but uh, we've just announced that we're running the World Outlaw Late Models and World Outlaw Sprint Cars in a World Finals-type format, doubleheader, with, uh, for all three days. And uh, it's, a, it's a, uh, something we're, we're really excited about. It'll be the first time we've done a mid-season doubleheader like that. Uh, and, and if you want, Don, I can give folks just a, a little rundown of how we're doing it. Go right ahead. Um, so format, for those familiar with the World Finals at Charlotte, uh, you know, they'll recognize that we generally qualify the cars on Thursday. Uh, obviously, World Finals, we run World of Outlaw Sprints, World of Outlaw Late Models, and Big Buck Modifieds. Uh, Wisconsin's a pretty good drive from New York and Canada, so we're going to let those guys uh, enjoy their return to racing, which is uh, starting to open up in New York. And uh, we're just running uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Cars and World of Outlaw Late Models. So Thursday night, we have a little extra time in the program. We're going to run a pair of uh, 20-lap, 3,000-to-win, uh, full-purse 20-car uh, kind of showdown-style features Thursday night after qualifying. Uh, our racing guys are sorting out exactly how we'll line those up, but it'll be based uh, you know, on, on the two rounds of qualifying, fastest qualifiers, that sort of thing. So we'll run two, two uh, kind of prelim features on Thursday night. And then Friday night and Saturday night will look very much like what folks see at the dirt track at Charlotte. You know, we'll kick things off Friday and Saturday with heat races for both divisions, last chance showdowns for both divisions, a sprint car dash, and then uh, a late model feature, uh, and a sprint car feature, uh, and I can't tell you which order they're going to run, but uh, a doubleheader, both nights, full programs for both. And our you know, typical World of Outlaw late model or sprint car purse pays you know uh, ten thousand to win and seven hundred dollars to start. So through some of our partners and our relationship with CBS and and the folks at Cedar Lake, uh, 
all kind of came together here, and uh, we're making those features twenty thousand to win a piece, a thousand dollars to start a piece, and we put extra money in, in just about every position throughout the field. Uh, and the total purse right now on the weekend looks like it's about two hundred and seventy-four thousand uh, dollars. It'll be one of the largest purse payouts over the course of a, a, a three-day dirt track event right up there with some of the big ones. And, uh, you know, if you look at the number there, your numbers guy, Don, uh, you have two series for two nights at 20,000 to win. So it's two and you get July, the seventh month of the year and the fourth of July, fourth day of the month. So $274,000 seemed like a, a nice number. Never thought about that. That was pretty, pretty interesting. Fans, we're talking to Ben Geisler, the chief marketing officer with the world of outlaws. Any closing thoughts? Just, you know, I, I think um, in my message to everybody in, in Western PA and anybody else who's you know, fortunate enough to be able to have access to Rapid on Racing, uh, savvy enough to be listening, that uh, we, hope they're, we hope they're safe, number one. Uh, you know, we hope that their family and, and their personal situations are, uh, you know, starting to provide, starting to get some clarity, some direction. And, you know, for those folks who are, have been negatively affected in, in, you know, whether that's financially, uh, you know, uh, whether that's uh, folks in their family who've been directly affected. Um, you know, I think the, the racing community is a racing family, and, uh, you know, I guess I would just encourage them to reach out to the folks in their racing family if they're in need, and uh, I wish them well, and hope that we can provide some small distraction to uh, the things going on in their lives. Well, Ben, I thank you very much. Thanks, Don. Uh, look forward to catching up again soon. Okay. The Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rappin' on Racing. The Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter 
at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. Adrenaline, cover to cover. Three great magazines have become one excellent monthly racing publication. Dirt Monthly Magazine. You'll get more features, more pictures, and more short track racing action in a new, massive, more than 150-page Dirt Monthly Magazine. Combining the best of Dirt Late Model, Dirt Modified, and Flat Out Magazines to create a bigger and better full-color monthly magazine with exclusive sections for each type of dirt track racing into this one monthly publication. Dirt Monthly will also include a special street stock and weekend warrior section. Dirt Monthly is all things dirt track racing. Exclusive features, loads of full-color photos, driver interviews, tech articles, and big event recaps, all in the one more than 150-page full-color magazine. For more information, contact 3Wide Media at 888-806-4611 or 3WideMedia.com. Racing season is finally upon us, and what a night it was at Dirt's Monster Half Mile for the 2020 season opener on Saturday night. With a socially distanced crowd on hand, Pittsburgh would have a nice field of cars spread out through the seven different divisions and ten heat races and seven features. Zach Morrow in the 27M from Gibsonia would take the win in the Rush Sprint Car 15-lap main event as he edged out Jeremy Weaver from Stoneboro by .188 thousandths of a second. After starting last, Chaz Wolbert in the C3, he's from Howland, Ohio, he took home the win in the Rush Sportsman Modified feature. Christian Schneider in the 1ST from Warren, Ohio, took his first win of the season in the Rush Late Model Dirt Series 20-lap feature event. Dave McManus, driving the 114, Dave's from Elizabeth, PA, got his first win of the season in the Pro Stock feature. Stephen Sheltman from Jefferson Hills put the 17S in victory lane. He picked up where he left off last year with another win in the Keystone Coach Works Hobby Stock 12-lap feature. Bill Tennant from Collier's West Virginia brought home the win in the four-cylinder feature, while Noah Bubeck from Washington, PA, got the win in the Young Guns. Racing resumes at Dirt's Monster Half Mile on Saturday, July 4th for a Rush Late Model Series touring event for the Herb Scott Memorial. Also on the card will be the Rush Sprint Car Series, the Rush Sportsman Modified Series, the Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coach Works Hobby Stocks, and the Four Cylinders plus the Young Guns. Gates open at 5 p.m., hot laps at 6, and racing will commence at 7 p.m. You can go to www.ppms.com forward slash for the schedule for pricing and tickets. I want to remind you, their next event is July the 4th, 2020. They will not be in action on the 27th because of the firecracker. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Fans, we're at the Jennerstown Speedway, and joining us is R.J. Delappy. R.J., third year in the Modifieds. So I'm sitting and looking at a couple cars. We have the normal 75, and you got a team car this year, which is the Doug Lesser's going to be driving, which is the 17. 
Let's talk about the, uh, your car this year uh, from what we did prior to the interview. It's a new ride for you. Yeah, uh, we got a new motor. I've uh, changed some springs in the setup a little bit, and that's all we, we really changed. You know, getting back to last year, 2019, that was your second year, and I remember your first year out. I guess it was like in anything that is new, you have little baby steps, and you kind of got quicker and quicker the first year. And then last year, it just really seemed to click. And for the listeners, and we'll talk about this, you're actually running, and it's, it's a, a chassis that's built by Rocket, which is, I think, maybe yours and the other car from last year, and then correct me if I'm wrong, are the only two asphalt rockets that are out there at the moment. And, you know, Mark McClellan and, and your dad and your team, you really found something last year. And with the experience that you gained throughout the year, just a tremendous year, I think you had like four wins, big win at the Masters, a $3,000 win. Just how neat is it to drive that car? Because it is, I want to say it's an experimental car, but it's its definitely fast. Uh, it's definitely fast. It's a whole different car from last year's. Uh, it's like a Sunday drive in this car now. You gave up the car, the team car to Doug, which you had such success in. And you're going to finally turn some laps. Well, you may have, maybe you've turned a few before today, but you know how are you going to prep with that? You know, you, sometimes you get so comfortable in a car that it's like you just like put it in the garage and you bring it out. It's a little bit different with you know asphalt where it is with you know dirt. You have to constantly maintain. You know, with the new car, is there any expectations or what you know you and your dad are going to try to do for the team? Um, there's really no expectations with it. Uh, just this car is a lot faster now and does a lot more than I want it to do and can handle like a dream now. When you say handle, RJ, and I think for our listeners, uh, you know, we, we, we try to educate them sometimes on the differences between asphalt and the dirt. Obviously, one's asphalt, one's dirt. But driving in and driving off, especially in an asphalt car, you know, getting in and getting that drive off with that, you know, that rear tire and not spinning it is so important. And you had that last year, and it seemed like, as RJ, as we were talking about, you know, we were talking about setups and, you know, getting through the thing, your driving ability is just, you have a unique one where you're just kind of driving as you feel it and you're learning. But, you know, with the new car this year, let's talk about the people that help you. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot of them here at the track every weekend. Uh, I have a great crew with me right now. Uh, Mark's doing all my body work, definitely looking great now. Uh, Barry's doing all my setup, getting everything tuned in, dialed in. Dad's helping out a tremendous amount, always making sure he's on top of everything financially and always there for me, uh, helping with the car every night and working on it. Your sister, I mean, we, she has a unique situation. You know, obviously, <laughs> she's your sister, but, you know, she's dating, you know, Anthony, and it, it, it's kind of like... You know, who do you root for? I'm, I'm assuming that she still roots for you first and Anthony second. And uh, yeah, she she roots for both of us. I mean, she doesn't really care. She Whoever's in front, that's who she goes for and roots for. And uh, I guess it's a boyfriend over brother kind of situation. Well, that doesn't seem really fair there. I mean, we'll to, you, maybe, you have a little conversation in like a, during the holidays there, like, you know, hey, what's going on here? So in other words, if you win, she's happy. If Anthony wins, she's happy. And if you... Either one of you when she's not happy at all. 
Yeah, uh, it always gets interesting with all of that. I mean, she doesn't really know how to react if neither of us win because then she doesn't know whether who to like be happy for, whether me or Anthony. I guess it depends on where we finish. It would be an interesting scenario, and I don't know if it's ever happened. We probably don't want to happen. If you two get together, I'm sure that would not be uh, a favorable ride uh, uh, on the way home or the next day. But you know, we, we talked about the crew that helps you. Let's talk about the sponsors, because without the sponsors, especially in the age of corona right now where sponsors are so crucial, you have ones that have been on the car for quite a few years. Yeah, uh, all my sponsors are great sponsors. Got Tone Mobility, uh, Braun Ability, Brands, Ayala Auto Body, uh, Tony DeLuca's uh, Investigation, um, Strucka Auto Body, and Bud's Auto Sales. They've all helped out a lot. Fat Boys, too. He's always there helping, buying tires and everything. Great sponsors. You know, with all that we've been dealing with uh, i don't know for some of the teams it's you know what in the in the age of corona right now where we're sitting here with masks on so on and so forth everybody's season is kind of up in the air because we don't really know what we're doing but once we resume what's rj what would be a successful season for you uh i'd just like to get out there and stay in the top five all season and that'd make me happy well, RJ, it's been great having you as a guest on Wrapping on Racing, and we got a one fine-looking hot rod this year. And when Don gets back to you know to Pittsburgh, we'll be up here at Jennerstown pretty much on a week, uh, a month, couple times a month to see what you guys are up to. So, again, thanks for the interview, and best of luck in 2020. Alrighty, thank you. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Number One Cochrane Automotive. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. 
Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, joining us on this episode of Rapid on Racing is Brandon Spithaler. Brandon, welcome to Rapid on Racing. I'm not sure if you've ever been on the show, and it's something that Don and I wanted to have you on. And the last few years, you've been doing a little bit of traveling. It's where Lernerville, we would normally say, would be your home track. You, you're not there every Friday. You've been out on the road with the All-Stars. You hit some uh, World of Outlaw things. and So welcome to Rapid on Racing, and, and let's just... Maybe rehash a little bit of the last couple of years of why Brandon went out on the road. Well, um, it's a pleasure having me on. I appreciate it. And, uh, well, uh, we ran local for several years and got the track championship at Lernerville in 2013. And then we just kind of started trying to pick and choose and, and travel around. And uh, with that came in... 2017 we got an opportunity to run the all-star tour and try to get rookie of the year came up short ended up runner up but we ended up sixth in points and decided to do it again in 2018 and those hundred some races gained me a lot of experience and uh i think running against that caliber of cars uh pretty much elevated our game and now the last few years uh in 19 and then probably in this year we'll uh We'll look forward to, we'll probably pick and choose. I don't know if we'll run for points anywhere, especially with this kind of shortened season we're all dealing with right now. And uh, just kind of stick within four or five hours of home and chase some money and try to win some races. Brandon, when you were talking about the shortened season, and no one could have ever expected what we're having with the COVID-19 pandemic that we're having. But from a from a driver's standpoint, and you pretty much do it on your own. I mean, it's just you, Nikita, and you got a pit member, and you you don't have this large group. And it's like a lot of our local racers. There's not unlimited funds out there, and especially right now where sponsorship is tough enough to get. Where now, if maybe you have a sponsor, but their business has been shuttered down for three months, so a lot of some of our drivers aren't getting that sponsorship money, as well as the racetrack. So Maybe that's why you said a lot of times like you got to pick and choose because you got to be like dollar cents in this sport when it's in a it's a good time and right now it's even worse. Yeah, um, I couldn't do it without uh, Dave. Our uh, our crew guy helps a ton. Um, myself and you mentioned Nikita and our main sponsor Tom Berkey. Uh, we wouldn't be anywhere without him. Um, he he's helped me since the day I stepped into a four ten sprint. You said you were the track champion at Lernerville in 2013. I know that that's seven years ago now. How long have you been racing? Because I'm just trying to go back on when you first started. Have you been anything other than sprints, Brandon? Um, we raced go karts when I started out. Then when the 
Blaney started the green flag sprints that renamed limited sprints at Sharon. Uh, I ran those in 20, or 2007 to 2009, and then in 2010 we ran our first partial season in a 410 and been full on ever, that, ever since then. When you're out touring with the, the series, whether it's the All-Star Series or the Outlaws, those guys, obviously their equipment is just totally unbelievable. But the thing that I see sitting up in the press box from, from a media standpoint is their consistency of times. It doesn't vary so much. I mean, I guess when you're a professional and you don't, that's all you do for a living and you don't have to worry about working, you know, 8 to 5 or 9 to 5 and things like that. But when you go out as a local racer and you say you're behind one of these guys, whether it's a Timmy Schaefer or Carson Macedo or a Kyle Larson or a Brad Sweet, can you pick up from a driver's standpoint their lines and just how smooth they are? And then when you get back, in the back of Brandon's mind, you're saying, okay, maybe these lines are pretty good, and you can learn from that and improve. I mean, I think anytime you're on the track, you try to pick up uh, as much as you can, especially if there's someone that's faster than you, whether it is driving style or car setup, and you know, adapt that to your own stuff and try to improve and then go out and pass them. You've had an opportunity, obviously, you know, Lernerville, we'll call it your home track. You've been out on the road now for the last, you know, few years. When traveling, and I always ask this to the drivers, is there any one particular track that you either do extremely well at, or maybe if you don't do well, when you go there, you say, boy, this is just a really great track, the race, like, say, in Eldora? To be honest, my favorite track has always been mercer and then wayne county speedway would be second so it's not that far of a toe to get to either one of them is it something just size wise that that three-eighths of a mile that you're comfortable on some guys like the wide open track where you can it's a hammer down situation other guys like a racetrack like say when you like you say mercer it's more of a sandy base soil it's a, i don't want to say it's a little bullring it's tight in the corners versus where you get maybe up here at tri-city where we're at tonight where you know it's a large half mile and you're, and you're you got you're mashing the pedal the whole time um, I think it's a combination of track surface and and how it's prepared. Um, we seem to be a little bit better on stuff that doesn't clean off quite as slick as some places. Um, when when stuff's really glassy, we uh, we tend to struggle, but we've been getting better and showed some improvement this year so far. I think every driver that I talk to is like, if you can master the slick track, you got something that most not everybody has. But you know, Brandon, one of the things that's unique about what you do is and you've been doing this for a few quite a few years and maybe you can tell me and the listeners how long it's been you not only run a 410 wing but you jump into the i guess it's still a 410 without the non-wing and just tell the listeners the different perspective that you have with with those wings that put so much downforce to to the to rear the car when you run the non-wing how much different is it in terms of maneuverability and handling versus the wing versus the non-wing? Um, believe it or not, probably the running a non-wing 410 sprint car suits my driving style better. That's why uh, with a wing at a place like Port Royal or Eldora, which is a big momentum racetrack, I tend to turn a car too much, and that's probably a bad habit I picked up from running a non-wing car so well. Uh, but... There's a few, I mean, you just drive them a little bit different 
and you have to keep the car a little straighter in a in a wing car and try not to scrub off speed whereas you you throw a non-wing car around a lot like on the uh like the non-wing car would be more throttle control where you just have to, I don't want to say feather the pedal. I mean, it's got to put like an egg shell or an egg under there to where you just, like you said, you don't have that ability to have that, that grip pushing down. And so your entries in and uh, entries out would be somewhat different. Yeah. It's, it's more of a, it, it puts the driver into it more. It's, it, it's not quite as much. You can't, you know, you can't pay your way to be up front. It, it doesn't it takes a little bit of the money factor out of it without a wing for sure you know one of the things that you know with the wing and, it, and it's up there and it also helps you for downforce but it also helps you for comfort in case something happens yeah um i've been upside in upside down in both and a, a wing car definitely is a, a much softer landing i'll say that just we're going to wrap this up because I mean we've got a driver's meeting that's coming up. Is anyone that you mentioned one of you, you know some of the people on your crew? Anyone else that you like to mention uh, that help you out and, and people that are there for you sponsors? Um, I can thank my parents for getting me into this. Uh, they probably regret it, uh, but like I said, Tom Berkey, um, Nikita, Dave, and then the sponsors: Superior Tank and Trailer, Ravens Trailer, Tony Burke Trucking. Uh, Sugar Creek Towing, Miller Maintenance, um, Right Way Virtual Assistant, um, the list goes on and on. Uh, alternative Power Sources, Roxy's Diner, and Advanced Auto Parts and Harmony. I think right. that's it. Yeah, we're doing the interview. Nikita's here with you. How big of a part of what she gives you for moral support? How, how, how valuable is that to you? It's valuable. We drag her all over the countryside and put her to work, too. So she's just more than a, a mud scraper and a car washer. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, Brandon, it's been great having you. We're going to let you go, and we'll see you somewhere around a track here in 2020 in this crazy season. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Well, Brandon Spithaler, before we talk about this race tonight, I want to talk a little about your career. Because what has impressed me so much about your career is your ability to do this with a wing and without a wing. Let's tell the fans a little bit about your prior success before 2020. Um, I mean, we've won, I don't know, close to 20 races, but six or seven of them was that, have been without a wing and the remainder with a wing. And I mean, I like running a non-wing car, but we live in western Pennsylvania and everything here runs wings and we figured out how to get that done too. 
When I talked to you last week, you were really happy to be here. You were gr glad to have a place like this to race and a great purse. And you said, hey, you know, however the track comes out, we're going to deal with it. You know, they're new. They've never done this before. That track last week was okay. But tonight, you put the fifth place car a lap down with a pace that outran Tim Schaefer by a straightaway. Would the setup on this car tonight have done that on any other racing surface? In my opinion, the track tonight was perfect. This is what I love. Some kind of curb, choppy. Sometimes it's better be dumb than good, I guess. <laughs> now, the lap traffic. Let's talk about that, because Schaefer wasn't even a factor the way you were running away from him. The lap cars were a factor. You thread the needle. You go through them on the middle on the back stretch. When you're approaching lap cars as the leader, what goes through your mind? Are you willing to take chances every time they're side by side? Or are you thinking, hey, wait, I'm the leader. They're going to move over for me. What's the philosophy with lap traffic like that? I mean, from that first yellow on lap one, I knew Schaefer was behind me and it was single file and I was going to have my work cut out for me to keep him back there and I was going to take every chance I had to. The fans appreciated those chances. The front wheels were lofted in the air a couple times. Let's take a moment now and thank the crew and sponsors that made this ride suck a, such a rocket ship tonight. I mean, it was great. We had, I can't thank my fiance Nikita enough, uh, car chief uh, Dave. He makes sure this thing doesn't fall apart and I get to make all the setup calls. So we, we put it together and we just got three guys, you know, three people as a crew and and it works for us and I can't we wouldn't be here without Tom Berkey and Superior Tank and Trailer and Ravens Trailers he's helped me ever since I ever got into a 410 uh, that's his engine so um, I'd like to thank the remainder of the sponsors Sugar Creek Towing in here working all night um, putting on a great putting on a great uh, job keeping everything off the racetrack uh, Miller Maintenance and Roxy's Diner, they're both in, in attendance tonight. Uh, Rightway Virtual Assistance, Tony Burke Trucking, um, Alternative Power Sources, I don't know, I think that's it. Oh, Advanced Auto, they, they all help a ton and we wouldn't be here without them and the car was great. Ladies and gentlemen, one of four cars to finish on the lead lap. A blistering pace set by your winner, Brandon Spithaler. This portion of today's program was brought to you by number one, Cochrane Automotive. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Stars, IndyCar, IHRA, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, NHRA, Rush, USAC, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews, and listeners' emails. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble. A former driver and track promoter, Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Quite frankly, there's no other program like it on the air today. Rapid on Racing. Why not be a part of the weekly action? The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stocks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, 
the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission, just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're at Thunder Mountain Speedway, and we're going to be talking to a gentleman we don't get to see very often much more. He's kind of in out of the car. We last few years, he was in a modified for Tim Angles and had a real successful run with that. Took some, took some time off to help his sons out and, and his dad at the Speedway. Uh, welcome, Dave Scott, to Rapping on Racing. It's been a long time since you've been on. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a while. Long career, Dave. Uh, there's not much that you can say that you haven't really done, uh, but how enjoying is it now to really, and I guess you could maybe put Robbie Blair into this too, where you're able to, you're still racing, uh, you're in the supercar and we'll talk about that, but be able to help your sons out, to, to give the, your experience and everything that you've done. And you know, sometimes, you know, being the dad, they don't always listen to you, but uh, that's just normal, I guess. Oh yeah, I, I'm. I remember me and my dad having plenty of battles because I didn't listen to him enough when I started. But uh, no, I mean uh, Terry. I got in Terry's car there a year and a half ago or so, and uh, had quite a bit of success with Terry, especially for the funding of our team. I mean, our budget's uh, a lot smaller than most, and uh, doing it with a Rayburn's pretty cool. And uh, I actually got both boys are racing now this year, and and uh, I truly like helping the boys race. Uh, Kyle's back in a car never really ran a super he ran uh, for Kevin Weiss there for a little bit but uh, so he'll run the super off and on he's not going to be dedicated racing all the time but uh, and then my younger boy Wyatt uh, he'll race quite a bit as much as we can afford to do and have time to do he'll be racing so looking forward to it I think didn't Wyatt head out to Florida down with Max or was that the other one that won or vice versa I get him confused well Max uh, my nephew and Ryan and Max are really good friends so Ryan goes down and helps him and goes and they went down south racing but uh, but uh, now we're we're a couple years from doing any south traveling probably between work and but we're getting uh, geared up now and and uh, we pay for all our racing pretty much on our own everything I own everything I don't have to bother too many people anymore about trying to help me so uh it's pretty nice i can do we get to pick and choose what we want to do you know dave with this unprecedented you know COVID that's hit in march how does it affect you know you and we're gonna we're gonna go really two phases of this one as a racer because like you said most racers are self-funded right now i mean there may you may get a gift from somebody but in today's what a, a chassis cost and you know tire bills and, and just shocks alone i mean you're you're upwards of on a low budget 60 to eighty thousand, and that's just probably conservative and, and if you get out there maybe like max and you tour a little bit you know you're spending six figures a year and, and the rewards aren't always there oh it's tough i mean this is this board is 
the cost of it has increased. It's quadrupled, and the purses are so close to what they used to be. You know, when we started racing late model 95, uh, you know, you had literally had ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 motors. You had, uh, you know, we started with a 10-year-old car when we started. And, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, we didn't spend near the money, near the money that... Uh, that you do now you know and and we were making a little bit of money racing back then but you know the motors are 40 to fifty thousand, cars are pretty much forty thousand. and then uh, the shocks alone i mean you got you know you're running these gas shocks and they're a thousand a shock and then you got to have another four or five in the trailer plus the shock dyno and you, it, it just the, the sport now isn't where i did an interview a few months back with lynn geisler and back in the day you could actually be creative and build something and if you build it you really it was yours and you really didn't share it now whether it's a rayburn it's a rocket it's a club 29 for all intents and purposes the chassis are all cookie cutter and i could be wrong with that but that what do you say of that dave well every everything is cookie cutter as far as you know the big names but one thing with us in this rayburn that is all unengineered out of the box sitting there staring at it all night long thinking about it and moving stuff around and you know one thing with the rayburns is we have to make almost all the stuff ourselves but suppa and nolte are super good at them uh they taught me quite a bit about how they operate and uh, i really enjoy it and it's actually something i can afford i mean not too many people have really got a chance to experience that rayburn too much and you know, you've been in it now about a year and a half you know dave has jr was in it for a while and Again, it's not like there's a large notebook that you can call up Mark Richards at Rocket and say, or Steve Baker and say, hey, uh, can you, what did Josh experience or what did Max Blair experience? Because there's not that many around, if at any. Yeah, yeah, there's very few. I mean, there, Rusty Schlank was doing it for a long time, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure them guys at one time swapped some notes around but uh you know noldy's been doing this rayburn thing for a while and so is suppa and they got a pretty good program and and our our results really speak for themselves when you consider our budget versus most of the guys we're racing against so i do i do enjoy bringing that thing to the racetrack and being in something different and uh doing good with it yeah when it's different and you succeed with it it seems to give you that much more satisfaction yeah correct i mean like i said we're we're sitting there looking at it, staring at it, moving stuff around, and and you can do that with every race car, and I think every driver does. But you know, you can't you can't buy you can't buy any speed with this. You know, we gotta kind of invent it ourselves. Yeah. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to David Scott, and Dave is going to be driving the I guess is it number four number four for Supa late model this year, and we everybody that I've talked to, Chubb and Max this evening. No one really knows we're going to be racing. It's just you, you hope you can get into a car, and, you know, we're here at Thunder Mountain tonight, and, you know, stellar field of cars, but no one's raced this year, so everybody's here. But, you know, from a racing standpoint, um, would it, it, obviously the boys, do you try to go where they do, or do you go somewhere a little, a little different that where, you know, Terry wants to go? Well, I mean, pretty much last year, uh, Terry let me and Wyatt just – side the schedule for the most part me and Wyatt sat down and figured out where we were going to be able to go and and uh and then Terry you know we did as much of the ULMS as we can and we try to hit as much of the money races in a in a smaller circle you know we got jobs and and you know we got I got stuff to do so 
Uh, but uh, we really haven't figured out what we're going to do this year, me and Sapa, just because of all the stuff that's happened, you know, halfway through June before we get to race. And, and uh, But uh, we'll sit down probably or talk about it on the phone this week and kind of figure out what we're doing. So hopefully soon. Talking on the other side of the racing, you know, your family's own state line speedway, and we've had our trials and tribulations here in the state of Pennsylvania, and we won't get into any political aspects of it, but New York is just in a, in a lockdown mode. It, it just seems the governor is really making things extremely difficult. And, you know, I know, you know your dad is the promoter, and, and you're involved there as much as you can be, but... You know, to race without fans, it's just not realistic. Well, it's not realistic at state line, and uh, you know, so you know, that is that is what it is. You know, our purses are pretty big. They have a really good pay structure at state line and Erie's, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, they're not going to do anything up until uh, till they can have stands. You know, the fans in the stands. So. I don't know what's going to happen. And it could turn around and change in two weeks, and they could be opened up. Who knows what's going to happen? It changes day to day. I know here in Pennsylvania, if you're in our lovely green phase, you can do, and you have the waiver from the state, you can operate at 50% of what your attendance would be there. So if you have a 8,000-seat capacity, you can have five or 4,000 there with social distancing. But, David, you know, just it's been great talking to you. It's been a long time. Is there anyone that, you know, you'd like to, you know, thank Terry and maybe, you know, for the boys there that are a big part of what makes uh, the Scott Racing go? Well, you know, the boys have to work pretty hard at this. We work real hard at it. Uh, Me and Wyatt have an hour drive to work. We get up real early to go to work. Uh, So uh, we spend a lot of time commuting every week, and that hurts us quite a bit for having time to do stuff at home. But, uh, you know, my parents are a big big deal with state line they work really hard they're 80 plus years old and and my dad's still working you know i don't think he works under 10 hours a day at, at 82 so that's probably keeping him young heck louie up at hummingbird is going to be 92 <laughs> yeah i'll tell you that's probably the best thing that ever happened to him it keeps their blood flowing that's for sure but uh suppa and oldie and suppa's got a bunch of sponsors on his car it really help him out a lot and make it possible for us to do what we do and uh, Bob Craig owns a body shop called Tri-County Collision. He's one of our big supporters, and uh, he's been my friend for 20-plus years. And, uh, and I mean, I got a couple little small sponsors. Genesis Shocks have been a big deal for the last couple years. Uh, the Horduskies have helped me out quite a bit and got me on the right path with them. And, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully here uh, in the future we can get some wins. Well, David, hopefully we'll see the Speedway open. Hopefully we'll see you in Victory Lane in the, in the Suppa car. And if you can't make Victory Lane, I'm sure you'd like to see one of the boys be the, and join you as well. Well, I hope Suppa doesn't hear this, but I'd rather see the boys win than me any day of the week. So hopefully we can have some fun and stay safe and, and uh, you know, get just get back to this normal. I want to be back to normal more than anything. As I was talking to Chubb earlier this evening. He says he's still having fun, and apparently you're having fun as well. Oh, yeah, and I mean, I'm addicted to this. I love working on the cars in the garage. I don't sometimes like the racing itself so much. I mean, I enjoy the driving, but all the things that go along with your night are tough to mentally handle sometimes. But I love building the cars, and I love working on them, and, and uh, I'm addicted to it. That's what it is. Well, David, thank you for taking time to join us on Wrapping on Racing, and I'm sure we'll see you somewhere around the rest of the season. Won't be too long, I hope. Thank you. 
The 39th edition of the National Speedway Directory Book has info on over 1,200 racing facilities. Detailed information with addresses, exact directions, phone numbers, websites, nights of operation, and types of racing are included in this handy paperback book. There are also listings for sanctions, publications, museums, and schedules. The National Speedway Directory is essential in planning vacations and race outings in advance. The fourth edition of the History of America Speedways has updated information on over 9,000 auto racing facilities that have existed since the dawn of the automobile. There is data on the town they were located, various names, sizes of each track, and years operated. This hardcover book covers oval tracks, road courses, and drag strips, and has photos spread throughout. For more information on these two must-have books, call 847-853-0294 or order online at speedwaysonline.com. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. As always, we want to thank our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Number 1 Cochrane Automotive, Dirt Monthly Magazine, Jennerstown Speedway, along with Lernerville Speedway, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions Speedway Directory, and Toma Meat Market. Thank you to our reporters, Lenny Baticki, Bill Kortz, Tom Lang, plus Mike Lisikowski, Dave Oliveri, and Jim Zufall. And a special thanks to our senior engineers and technical advisors, Bill Kortz, Ted Lusick, Aaron Zufall, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator. Stand on it. Come on, man. Stand on it. Stand on it. Jennerstown Speedway proudly presented Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand on it.